the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live, hour number two. It's so good to be with you. And as we are each and every day from three to five uh, right here on Southern California Live. Today is Open Phone Friday. Uh, so this hour you can call. This hour you can call with anything that's on your mind. You can change the subject. You can ask a Bible question. You can ask a question about stuff in the news, something going on with you. 888-528-2557. You can call now. 888-528-2557 is the number. It's 888-LA-TALKS if you want an easy way to remember that. 888-LA-TALKS is that number. You can also send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And I just checked on the Twitter. It doesn't look like we're trending. Uh, Southern California was trending earlier. You know what that means on uh, the Twitter machine? It means that that's what people are talking about. And, uh, you know, they weren't really talking about our show. But I added a couple of things in there to get our show in the mix there. And uh, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Hey, uh, lots of things in the news that we could be talking about. Uh, so So much going on. And what we do in our program is we take a look at things from a biblical perspective. And so the conversation is different than you get in other programs. Earlier this week on 60 Minutes, President Biden said that the pandemic is over, uh, is what he said. Here is a clip of him saying that in that interview. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. That was the first interview he had done for a long time, uh, one-on-one on 60 Minutes. And he got in a lot of trouble. The Biden uh, group tried to walk that back a little bit. And they they tried to basically say that what he meant is that the uh, pandemic has changed from what it was before. And he had that to say. But, you know, I, I listened to, to him say that, and he says, uh, look around. Nobody's got any masks. He's at a car show that hasn't happened for a couple of years in Detroit. And, um, you know, I think that's, that is him being real. Like, that's what I think he actually thinks when he says stuff like that. And then they have to drag it, you know, back. Uh, you know, he meant to say that the pandemic is not where it once was. That's not what he said. What he said is, I'm looking around. I don't see anybody wearing masks. I think we're done. Um, he did say, of course, that there are stuff coming on. And let me tell you something. Uh, do you think the pand- pandemic is over or how do we, how do we look at it? Uh, from the sense of it is endemic, meaning COVID, COVID-19 is going to be with us uh, probably for a long time. Hopefully the each and every, uh, what do they call it, the generations of it will be less um, deadly. It's definitely still around, definitely still don't want it. You know, one, a place where I'm coming from with it is my parents, both my mom and dad just had it. And I haven't talked about it, but uh, they've been very sick. Uh, they're okay. I think they're going to be fine. My dad has uh, a lot of risk. They're both in their 80s, uh, so they're in their risk category anyway. You know, if you're older, it's a it's a much bigger thing when you get sick in general. Even the flu is not something you want, right? 
Uh, but my parents, they went on a vacation and uh, they got to uh, the, the family that they were staying with uh, back east in a smaller town somewhere back east. And one person who lived there uh, had the COVID and then his wife got the COVID and then my mom got the COVID and then my dad got the COVID. And uh, I asked them, I said, did you have any fun on this vacation or did you just spend the whole time sick in somebody else's house? And they spent the whole time sick in somebody else's house. Uh, nobody wants to do that. You ever, you ever go to somebody's house and you get sick? That's, that's just no fun. And especially when you can't leave. So they were pretty sick. My dad, uh, they, you know, everybody else, you know, stayed in the home and kind of dealt with it. But my dad was, was pretty sick. He had to go to the hospital on an ambulance and checked him out. And, you know, we'd spent a lot of time praying and, uh, he's doing okay now recovering. Uh, my dad's still pastor, still full-time pastor at his church. So uh, he was actually back in the pulpit this Sunday, um, and, you know, good for him, but that's, it's pretty rough. So, you know, I'm, I'm on the page of, Hey, it's, it's over and the restrictions and all of that have to end. Uh, but I don't want you to think that I am unaware that there is still suffering and that some people die, uh, and that, you know, it's been in our family. You know, I worried that, uh, I was going to lose my dad from it. I remember when this first came out, the, uh, you know, the, the sense that we had was that pretty much everybody who is older or in bad health was going to die, right? That's what they were telling us in the churches to get ready for all of that. And uh, a lot of people uh, obviously passed away and got real sick, but it wasn't anything near what they suggested at first. So it's still there. How do you feel about it? Are you feeling better? Do you feel like, you know, as you as you think about all of this, that is, do you feel like it's over or do you feel like this is still a thing? Uh, I'm curious to what you might think of that. Maybe, and maybe I think there's so many of us that think it's over, but in Southern California, it's different. In other states, it's been over a long time, like a really long time. Uh, not so much here. We're still talking about it from our healthcare officials who are not even following some of the uh, national guidelines um, and still doing that. There's political issues about states of emergency and uh, how a healthcare crisis uh, opens up these emergency rules to allow uh, people to pass things and spend money that otherwise they wouldn't be able to spend. I think that's got to end. That's something that has to come to an end. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. And uh, at the top of the last hour, I'll still put the question out there. We asked the question about whether or not uh, uh, how to find a uh, doctor. Like, I'm looking for a doctor. What are some ways that you, what are some clues? You know, how do you find a really good doctor? How do you even know that your doctor is any good? Do you have any experience with this? Uh, that's a, something you can still chime in with if you'd like. 888-528-2557. What's the secret? I've had some good doctors and I've had some not so good doctors before. The hard point is when your your doctor isn't so good. And that's, you just have to realize that sometimes they're not. Right. What's what do you call a doctor who uh, was the last in his class and cheated to get there? You know what you call him? You call him doctor. That's what you call him. So, you know, you got to ask some questions. And uh, one time my wife, Christy, uh, was was very sick. She was having these pains in her uh, upper abdomen area every night. And I was worried. I thought I was going to lose her. Right. And I kept uh, looking stuff up and I found a, a medical uh, textbook actually online. And I read all about it where it was talking about gallbladders and all of that. And we were trying all kinds of things to try to stop this pain that she was having. And this pain was every day. It was pretty rough. And, um, she, 
Um, uh, we took out fat from the diet. We took out sugar from the diet. We're trying all these things. We finally go to the doctor. So I'd read this, I'd read this book and we go to this doctor who there was no wait. We got right in. We had new insurance it was a similar situation that we have now. New insurance had to get new doctors. We go in and this guy who obviously went to school, he memorized it. He quoted that book that I read online word for word like literally word for word, what came out of his mouth was what I had just read in that book. And at first I thought, okay, well, great. He's paying attention, obviously. Um, But he didn't turn the page because what the page said is, the next page said, if you ask all these questions and the answer is no, then you need to do a uh, ultrasound and uh, figure out what's going on. He didn't want to do that. Instead, he actually told her it was in her head. That's what he said. You know, he said, uh, you know what, you, have you ever had this experience before? Sometimes it is in our head, right? Some of us, uh, you know, are, are hypochondriacs and uh, that's just, it's just in our head. But uh, sometimes, you know, we can make stuff up in our head or make ourselves sick that way. But um, he told her that and I was just burning mad when we left that, that thing. I said, it's not in her head. She's sick. And uh, we went and found another doctor and this doctor who listened really well, um, the funny thing is that she kind of went through the same sort of textbook thing, but she did read the second page and then she ordered the ultrasound and, uh, yes, gallbladder problem. I don't know if my wife even wants me telling the story. Come to think of it. Maybe I'll be in trouble when I get home. I have to be, <laughs> um, you listen to honey, you can just send me a text and I'll shut up. Um, I'm saying this though, really, because I want people to feel comfortable taking care of their health care, and it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to, to push back. Uh, and in her case, maybe it saved her life, certainly saved her a lot of pain, and uh, they uh, took care of that, and um, thankfully, we got a good doctor. It's okay to do that. Do you have any uh, clues on how to get a good doctor? 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday here on Southern California Live. And that means we'll talk about any subject you want. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. If there's something going on in the news, something going on in your life, something that you, maybe you got a Bible question that has always been uh, bugging you, this is the opportunity to call and change the subject, 888-528-2557. Anyway, one of the, uh, you know, I had a doctor who uh, I always thought I was bugging him because he always seemed annoyed to see me. And uh, actually, one of his uh, nurses told me that he was annoyed because I kept pulling him off the golf course. I think he was about to retire, and I was his last patient. And it might have helped him a lot if I died, I guess. I don't know. Um, And then I got some advice. The advice for how I got a good doctor, this is how I got the the doctor I currently had until I moved, is I went to medical offices, and I went to the nurses' stations in each floor. And I said, hey, I'm looking for a doctor. Who do you recommend? (laughs) And I learned something. I learned that the nurses who worked in there had a definite opinion of who I should uh, who I should get as a doctor and who I shouldn't. And that trick worked for me. Uh, that trick actually did. And uh, I got a great doctor. I got a great doctor who listens, who uh, does tests, who I thought was taking care of me. And uh, my only concern is that he is way beyond retirement age. Uh, I was glad that he still reads things, obviously, uh, that he's going to retire and I'm going to have to do it again. And now I've moved and I got to find somebody else. Um, but that's, that is a part of what we're going through. Uh, 888-528-2557. Did I finish the story about my parents? They got the COVID. They're, they're doing much better. My dad's got a bunch of other health things, so he's doing okay. 
Uh, what I would tell you is, you know, just because maybe the COVID is over and the president says that most people, you know, we obviously were in a different situation than we were before. That doesn't mean, especially if you are older, that you are, are safe from it. Uh, so make sure you're checking in with your doctor. It is not something to be embarrassed about to go to the doctor or the urgent care if you have all these COVID symptoms, because uh, if it gets into your lungs, and that's what happened to my dad, he actually got the pneumonia. So it was very uh, scary for a while. They gave him some antibiotics and he's uh, doing much better now. Uh, make sure that you do that, okay, even though we're on the other side of this. All right, open phone Friday, 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phones. Oh, you just hung, I, I clicked on Cameron and Cameron uh, hung up on me, or did I hang up on Cameron? Cameron, if I clicked the wrong thing and hung up on you, uh, give me a call. Uh, and uh, you can call me back. All right, 888-528-2557. Uh, hopefully I didn't do that. Didn't mean to do that, uh, to, to do that. A couple other calls waiting for those to, uh, to get on my screen here. You can also send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Some of you have sent emails uh, uh, after our interview in the last hour with Officer Dion Joseph. If you, if you missed that interview, we talked about fentanyl and the crisis that it is, I'm blown away by all of his knowledge and his, and his helpful things. Uh, thank you for sending emails about that, Clark and uh, Anthony. I see your emails there uh, and others. Um, you can get that on our podcast. Just go to our radio station website and look for Southern California Live and check it out. It's going to be worth it. I'm going to post it later on my uh, my social media, Scott Furrow on Facebook and Twitter, and and you can find it there. All right, it is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is that you would like to talk about. Raymond in Hollywood, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, yeah, Raymond. I'm calling about, about an incident that happened on October 14, 2015. It was seen over, well, it was seen over a wide area of L.A., but this, it, this phenomena, as I'm going to call it, took place uh, pretty much over Burbank and over the Hollywood Hills. What was the date of that? I'm just October 14, 2015. Okay. Okay, now the news reported, they reported it as a storm, okay, which makes sense because clouds suddenly appeared and uh, lightning, but there was no rain reported and there was no thunder reported. And I just wanted to say what I saw just before this, before this place. I saw something that looked like a meteorite coming down and landing I didn't see it land, okay, but I saw it coming down, and then it vanished just before this uh, phenomenon took place. What do you think that was? I, I believe it was an angel. An angel crashing That's to earth? No, not an angel crashing to earth, coming to earth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, and anyway, I just wanted to, because I believe that that's a sign of judgment coming. Personally, I, I look for things to happen usually like in three years and or seven years, and we're approaching seven years from that time. So are you I, I thinking God, that something might be up uh, this October 14th? I believe it's going to probably won't take place on the 14th, although it could. I believe it's probably going to take place on the 17th. All right. Well, Raymond, you know what I would do is when the 14th comes, if nothing happens, <laughs> well, then here, I'm, I'm, I'm serious with you here, okay? If nothing okay. happens... Uh, go back and sort of 
check your theology on that kind of stuff, okay? For sure, the Bible tells us there'll be signs in the heavens and things like that, but uh, there could be another explanation for what you saw in Hollywood uh, on, uh, uh, on that day. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't using, I wasn't using anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I wasn't suggesting that. I wasn't, okay. I think you saw something uh, for sure. All right, Raymond, thank you for calling Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday, so I mean it. Anything that's on your mind, give us a call. 888-528-2557. You know, there's a, there's a whole thing out there. Speaking of, uh, you know, events, there's, there's this crazy thing about September 24th, like tomorrow's going to be some horrible day. Some meteorite is going to crash. Have you heard this? I don't know if you've heard this. It's just this crazy thing that's going around social media. Uh, You know, I always tell people, if you never actually, if it doesn't happen, you got to go back you know, if you thought something was going to happen, you got to go back and check your uh, check your sources on on those kinds of things. Tomorrow, uh, you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that could happen because there's crazy stuff going on in the world. It could be a coincidence, okay? Uh, but you got to be really, really careful. The Bible, by the way, does talk about angels, and it talks about um, you know the idea that angels are among us. I think we have to be careful because of a couple of different things. We we aren't given a lot of instruction on what that actually would look like. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing uh, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without being know, without knowing it. I think about that all the time. Uh, you know, it doesn't say how you would recognize it, right? It doesn't say that. It just says that it's something that happens. And, you know, it is, um, it's a reference to Abraham who had angelic, uh, visitors who in this case he knew who were with him in Genesis number 18. And, you know, it may or may not confirm that angels are walking among us, you know, we're kind of unaware of it in this sense. Uh, it's past tense, that verse in Hebrews. So maybe it's happened before. Um, you gotta be careful. So number one, just always be careful. The other thing that Keep in mind, a few years ago, there was a movement going on with a lot of Christians who are kind of into angels, and the idea was they're talking to angels, right? Um, but if those angels were ta- telling you to do stuff, uh, in one case, I was talking with somebody who the angel wanted praise for things. And I said, what kind of angel, what kind of angel wants praise? What kind of angel isn't going to direct you towards praising God? What kind of angel isn't going to direct you towards the gospel? And that, you know, put this person kind of, you know, he kind of stepped back and he thought about it. You know, I don't know what he was really experiencing or any of that, but his interpretation of whatever he thought he was experiencing didn't fit theologically, biblically with what the Bible would say. Like if you really were interacting with a spiritual being and that spiritual being was not pointing you to Jesus and instead wanted praise for uh, itself, uh, what kind of angel is that? Now that would be a demon, see? Uh, be very, very careful with with philosophies of this day that do not conform to Scripture. Even if you're hearing them from Christian people or a pastor, you gotta be you gotta be really careful because what we know the evil one wants to do is deceive, and that deception is meant to remove you from the playing field. I think you know. I think a lot of the time, remove you from the playing field of the gospel to discredit your story. Uh, from all of this stuff. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Minerva in La Puente, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wanted to, um, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned about your wife and the experience you had with the doctor not taking her condition seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a daughter, and I won't get into her medical condition details, but she suffers from several chronic illnesses since she was little, and she's in her 30s now. And I just thought it was interesting that she has had to deal with a lot of situations with doctors, like like you just mentioned, that didn't take her seriously or didn't, you know, have a solution for her, her problem, and people misjudging her because she looks young and strong and that they don't take her seriously about being being ill and the limitations that that brings into her life. So I just wanted to kind of comment on that because when you said you were looking for a good doctor, mm. um, my experience, not, not too long ago, I went to my doctor and when I uh, waited for him to kind of finish the initial part of the visit and my, the question I had, I was waiting to address another issue and when I turned around and said, um, you know, he, he said, okay, it's um, you know, we're done. I, I said, well, I have a question. And he said, I closed my file. I already closed the file. Uh-huh. So I, I, I was like, oh, oh, okay, so can you open it back up again? But I didn't uh, on, <clears> the, <throat> on the idea that maybe if he wasn't interested in helping, maybe it wasn't a good idea to open, the, you know, open it back up again. But I contrast that to a situation that she had recently with a really good doctor who now she partners with and together they discuss her, her case and the, mm. the different medications that she takes and how one thing could, you know, interact with another. Yeah. And she feels a part of, she feels a real part of her care. And it took her so long to find a good doctor. And so I just wanted to say that she's experienced what they call gaslighting. Yeah. And, um, and I had to look that up myself to really get, you know, information about what it was. Um, and, and I said, yeah, that's exactly what she would get. Yeah. And Minerva, I've got, to, I've got to go to a, a break here, uh, but I appreciate yeah. your call, Minerva. And by the way, my grandmother's middle name was Minerva, and I come from a long line of Minervas. <laughs> so fantastic. It's an unusual name. Fantastic name. Thank you, Minerva, for calling Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We're doing Open Line Friday. <laughs> Anything you'd like to call about, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is Open Phone Friday. Anything that's on your mind, you can call right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Question about a current event or a comment, or maybe you've got a Bible question, something on your mind. Today is the day you can change the subject and uh, bring up anything, 888-528-2557. It's been an interesting one today. You just never know where it's going to go. Speaking of uh, interesting things, maybe this is interesting to me, interesting to a lot of people. Did you know that on Monday, NASA, this is a true story, NASA is going to be trying to redirect an asteroid with a a test called the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, Uh to test the idea that maybe if a big asteroid was headed towards Earth, that we could send some rockets up there and uh, blow it up or send it off course, uh, do that kind of thing. That's happening. Uh, the The spacecraft was actually launched from uh, California, Vandenberg Space Force Base, 
uh, last November, and it's approaching the target. It's going to strike it at 14,000 miles an hour, and it is to see if this will really work. I mean, that's kind of an incredible thing. If you were wondering where Bruce Willis is, that's where he is. He's up on that uh, along with some other guys. Remember those movies a few years ago about the uh, asteroids that were competing movies? When was the one, uh, was it called Armageddon? Is that the one where the uh, asteroid was going to hit the Earth and those guys go up there and uh, try to blow it in half? And uh, then we had another one. It was called Deep Impact. And it's one where the asteroids actually, I think they blew it up, but then the pieces of it still hit the Earth. It was still pretty rough, uh, all of that going on. Anyway, this is something that is uh, for real uh, that is going on. It's it's uh, an amazing thing. If all goes to plan, according to uh, this this article, um, if all goes to plan, then the impact with these car-sized spacecraft um, and the asteroid is going to happen on Monday at about 7.14 Eastern. Oh, so that would be 4.14 our time. It'll happen during our show. Uh, I don't think we'll mention it. I don't think we will see it on Monday, but uh, that's going on, you know, so some kind of piece of uh, good news. Um, and what NASA is hoping that it will do is push it into a smaller orbit. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, it's just fascinating that, uh, we're, we're doing all of this time, uh, all of this in, uh, the world today. Um, anyway, there you go. 888-528-2557. Open phone Friday. You can call about anything you'd like. 888-528-2557. Mark in Redondo Beach. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hello. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Mark. Uh, I was wondering what, the, no, thank you. I was wondering what the possibilities were uh, for uh, some kind of a, a, a lawsuit to be taken against the media companies who have all conspired to basically send out misinformation and to conceal information from us uh, that affected the election or maybe they affected whether we get a vaccine or not. Um, we know that at least, I don't know, many of us know that there are sources that uh, prove that certain things happen. And even even the CDC, who's just released, uh, not just, but they said that, hey, you can go about your business. And But yet you, we still are bombarded with both sides of the vaccines are hurting people and or get your vaccine today. And so... What can be done about this? Can can anything be done? Like what can be done to actually get to a place where we can figure out what's true and agree on that and how it gets reported and that kind of stuff? You know, I don't know about, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, a lawsuit, uh, you're going to have to have, you know, actual lawsuits only work if there's proof and testimony and a conspiracy of people who will admit or that you can prove actually did something. And, and proof, uh, thank you for your call, Mark. Appreciate that. You know, um, Proof is a lot different than evidence. That's something I think uh, that is sometimes you know, sometimes you feel like something is true or maybe even kind of in your heart you know something is true. Um, but proof where it would take, you know, where you would, where everyone would agree and where you would have a court actually make a decision based on that is a lot harder. You've got to have evidence. You know, if it's, uh, you know, the election and stuff, it's it's one thing to note that there are things that are unusual or things that are uncool or things that look like, uh, something is a foul, but if you don't know what is actually marked on the ballot and who did it and where that ballot ended up, you probably aren't going to be able to prove it unless there's somebody who comes out and points that out. Um, and, you know, the COVID stuff, there's all kinds of conflicting information, and it's frustrating. 
and our media is frustrating. You know, I, I try to remind people to watch all the channels because you get a different perspective. And sometimes watching all the channels, you know, you might get mad if you're watching the channel that's a different perspective than you. Um, but you'll also be amazed at how sometimes the news stations, you think you're you're living in two different countries. They're talking about completely different things. Whenever there's a big story, I, I'll switch between Fox, MSNBC, and CNN just to see what they're how they're covering it. And... Um, it is, it's something I think that over the past, I don't know, 20, 25 years, there's always been some bias in the news, okay? There's books written about it, studies, but I think there was a time when you really felt like, okay, it's leaning one way or the other, usually leaning to the left, and there's stories about that, but, but there was news. There was, this event happened, here's the facts, here's what we know, or here's what we don't know, and that could be reported. We need more of that. You know, so what to do about it, I think, number one, people need to be engaged and we need to be forward thinking. You know, how do we change uh, in elections, for example, um, how do we change the system so that there's more confidence in what goes on? There's always somebody saying that something's illegitimate or cheating. Um, and there are some reasons that those things can take off because then there, there's some things that happen where there are questions, okay? The, the mail ballots is probably in the drop boxes is one of those issues that's real big right now as we're coming up to an election. And after this election, I'm, I'm assuming that there will be people on either side, some, you know, whoever is the loser, there will be people claiming something, you know? And the problem is if you don't have a system that is easier to go back and say, this is my opinion, okay? But if you don't have a system where you really can track, you know, the the ballot from the time it the voter has it to the time it's turned in to the time that uh, it's counted and you can't do that. Well, then it gets really tough to, you know, to uh, um, refute things that people might say, whether they're right or wrong. I think you got to pray. I think you have to be engaged. I think my my opinion, honestly, is if more people were engaged with what's going on and voted not the lousy 30% of people who vote, um, I think things would change. In the last hour, we had this conversation about the fentanyl crisis with, uh, with uh, I keep calling him Dr. Joseph, Officer Dion Joseph. I had a, I had a guest on earlier who was the doctor. Um, and the thought is, is you know, why, why is the fentanyl crisis so ignored? And why are the politicians who are in charge not really doing the things that obviously need to be done? Well, you can come up with, I think, a bunch of answers for it, but a big answer is not enough people vote. I think most people actually agree on what ought to be done. If you just sat down with people and said, what do you think? I think most people agree with what ought to be done with respect to a lot of those things. But most of those people do not vote. And uh, that's a huge deal. It really, really is. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, I hear from a lot of people on uh, a lot of this stuff Um you also can't you can't go back and sue the media for, you know, I, I just don't think that's a there's just nothing to do. You know, what if what if they were right or what if they were right for a while or how, who's right and who's wrong? Who's writing? It It just doesn't go anywhere. I think that we should demand. Um, I think we need better people in charge of even giving us the news. Does that make sense? Because there's a lot of things I think it's OK to say we don't really know in the scientific area with the vaccines or with the the. COVID and other stuff, some of it is a lot of politics, but some of it is, hey, this is what we think now, Um, but, you know, three months ago we thought something else. Some of that is okay. Some of that is legit. That's what happens with, you know, with real science. It always bugs me when somebody says, I believe in the science. 
because real science that's being done is going to always be skeptical of itself. I think if you're a scientist, you would agree with that, right? You can tell me if I'm wrong and call up 888-528-2557. But I think that real science is going to be always skeptical of itself, not to say that it's that whatever is currently thought is necessarily wrong, but if you want it to be, if you want to be accurate, you got to keep questioning it. I think we ran into a lot of problems when the government said, you know, you're going to take this uh, vaccine and it will prevent you from getting COVID at all. Um, I don't know if, if uh, everybody really thought that in the first place, or even if they did, they should have said, that's what we think today, but tomorrow we might have a different opinion. I always feel like we would have a better relationship on these subjects if we would just come up front with what we expect the future to be or acknowledge that, hey, what I'm saying is what I believe to be true today, but research and experience might show it to not be true later. Does that make sense? All right, I can go on. I know people have a lot of opinions all about that. 888-528-2557. David in Culver City. How you doing, David? You know, I'm doing well, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I wanted to reassure Mark, your last caller, who obviously has a bone to pick with almost all the media that reports the truth, uh, that there has been a large lawsuit against somebody for telling lies. Uh, uh, Alex Jones is paying millions and millions of dollars to people that he uh, caused great harm to by his lies on InfoWars. Yeah, he's in a lot of trouble, but I think that there, in that case, there's there's evidence and proof, right? Like there's there's well, there's people exactly. and there's video and there's one guy. It's easier. Absolutely, I totally agree, and that's the problem with people like Mark. Very general statements about the unreliability of the media and the Wall Street Journal news is liberal, but the but the but the editorial page is is not liberal, so they're true. You know, I mean, I think, uh, David, do you think it's changed, though? Do you think that over, say, 30 years, generally speaking, the the media is less trustworthy? You know, I hate to say this because you probably will disagree with this. Well, that's OK. I, Of course, everybody has bias. Yeah. And I think we fluctuate over history. We went through the McCarthy era where the country was incredibly where there was, you know, internal suspicion of all kinds of people based on probably a lot of false information. So I think we go through these periods, they fluctuate. I, 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 still, I still believe that the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Christian Science Monitor are highly reliable news sources. I think print journalism in general is better uh, than uh, broadcast journalism. And I, but I think you should, you should read a variety of sources, definitely, because I do think there are slants on the news. Absolutely. But I don't think uh, I don't get reporting, quote, fake news and quote. You don't think so? get it wrong sometimes. No, I really don't. I don't I don't think that. Well, uh, Tucker Carlson. Yes, of course. <laughs> you don't like him. OK, David, I got no, 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 to I gotta go. To, like I got to go to I got to go to I'm already late to my uh, it's my commercial. Thank you, uh, David. All right. Hey, what do you think? 888-528-2557. If you want to join that conversation, you know, kind of what do we do? You know, I, I think that it's worse than it used to be. Uh, maybe it's getting better in that I think some people acknowledge that it's worse. Uh, the print media, sometimes it's pretty good. And I read every day I read the New York Times and all the major stuff uh, for the same reason that some of it's good, but some of it's not. Some of it's just highly political and, and wrong. What it bugs me is that when it's wrong, there's no retraction. 
there's no, hey, we told this whole story. I mean, that we said this for years and it turned out to be false. Where's that? It used to at least be printed. I don't think they do that much anymore. Anyway, David, always appreciate your call. I got to take a break. I'm over by a lot. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. Open line Friday. Before the break, we were talking about yeah, accuracy, basically, with news and, and things like that. I found a uh, an ethics handbook that I thought I would share just a couple of headlines to you with. And it's it's interesting to me because it's about accuracy and reporting. It's from NPR. NPR is, I'm going to give you my opinion, sometimes NPR has some really great reporting on it, and sometimes it's so far to the left, it's just off a cliff. And I don't know how they do that in the same place. But uh, uh, here's their here's their ethical their ethical handbook, okay, for their reporters on NPR. Uh, guideline, be able to identify the source of each fact you report. That matters so much in so many of the things that we hear about, that people talk about. The source doesn't exist. There's a source. So, oh, I heard this from somebody, and I, it's anonymous. Anonymous sources are saying, you got to identify the source. you got to say so. There's, you, if there's no source or if the source is crazy, um, you know, the source is unnamed person in Singapore who said this. Uh, or the source is my Facebook, or the source, that's not a source. You know, there has to be witnesses, there has to be people who are actually on the scene. Uh, second one, guideline, guard against subjective errors. There's, there is bias. Every one of us is biased. We say things that are leaning our direction of our worldview or whatever it is we think. Um, but, you know, people, when they work really hard, you can filter out a lot and give facts and context and go back and forth and listen. We've lost that in a lot of our media. Um, I'm not sure what it is right now. A couple of years ago in the three major cable news stations, Fox, MSNBC, and CNN, in all three stations combined, I want to say this is around 2018 or 17, there was only one hour the entire day, a 24-hour day of actual news, like hard news, like an actual news broadcast. And it was on Fox for one hour. Everything else on all three stations was opinion journalism meaning that we're coming at it from a, a well-known left or right angle and not just trying to get both sides. Remember, there used to be, you know, point and counterpoint and different things, and you would, you know, the stations would have, you know, reasonable people on both sides sort of argue a thing. And whatever the leaning was, that person might have been a little better arguer, but there were good people. What happened to that? You know, now you get, uh, there's five or six panelists, and five of them have one point of view, and then there's one nut job who's representing the other uh, point of view. And uh, we're not getting that. I think it hurts us. Edit like a prosecutor. Do we really question stuff? Uh, I don't think we do. Uh, take special care with news that might cause grief or damage reputations. We're not good at that with social media. Then it gives a couple of examples where the media just got it terrifically wrong. It's a couple of years old, 2019, the Arizona Gabby Giffords uh, shooting, if you remember that, uh, from 19, that was happened in 2011, but everything that was reported by just about everybody was wrong about that. And it was bad. There's a whole bunch of other things, you know, scripturally speaking, this is how we should be dealing with our faith too. Do we, do we talk about things in our faith that we think might be true, but we haven't actually gone back to the source, to the scripture? You know, I think 
that is one of the areas where in our Christian faith we've gone sideways. This report came out from Legionnaires and uh, Lifeway this week that talked about the evangelicals' thoughts about Jesus being God and the Bible, you know, what it means to be true, what salvation is, and how, you know, about half of people who call themselves evangelical don't think Jesus is God, don't think he's the only way, don't think others have. Uh, it's the same thing. The same thing has happened in our media. It's also happened in our faith. And I think it's also happened in, you know, a whole lot of areas of society where we don't check sources. We go by how we feel. And if we feel it's a certain way, then it must be true. And uh, that happens. Let me take a couple of calls here. Uh, JC from Wilmington, welcome to Southern California Live. I guess I... JC, you with me? I'm going to hold, put you on hold. We'll come back to you, JC. Oh, we lost you, JC. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, it's Ted uh, once again, uh, City of the Angels. How you doing, Scott? Good, Ted. Uh, went to Venice High School, voted the most racially diverse high school in the nation in 1981. Uh, I don't know what this David uh, is thinking. He ought to have his head examined. That's what my father would say. Um, we, we would call that on the street, talking out of the side of your neck. Well, that's what he. That's his opinion on, on, on things, and he'll take uh, maybe a different opinion than uh, you or I would on certain things. Yes. Uh, well, Scott, uh, you and I both know uh, we're being kind, but, uh, you know, to say that stuff is not uh, charged by the left or, you know, things that stuff we've, we claim to see is totally obvious and to be oblivious to it is it's just a shame. You know, there's only one race and that's the human race and that leaves no space for anyone's disgrace. And that's disgraceful for David to even say that. And he ought to respect his name, David, that comes out of the Bible. You know, I, I don't remember. I don't remember what he said uh, about race in particular. Did he say something? I don't remember that. No, I, I'm talking about there is only one race and the only human race, and and that's the bottom line. Is there there is no space for anyone's disgrace that we should not disgrace the human race by lying? And that's exactly what I see. We don't bear false witness. We know when somebody's lying. And like I say, on the streets, they wouldn't last two seconds. We would call that talking out of the side of their neck. So it's obvious he, he ought to have his head examined. That's what my dad would say. And that's just right. my take on Okay, Dave, or Ted, thank you for your, your call on that. You know, we want to respect people's different opinions on this. You know, I think that when we get to the media, you know, it is uh, – I think we have a responsibility to hold the media accountable as much as possible. It's all media's always been a problem, okay, going back as far back as you want to go. I'm sure there's probably Roman, you know, news people who weren't getting it right, you know, and and all of that. I think I do believe, though, that today we have a license to print things that is not true, that we know is not true, that not that is not ethical, that hasn't been backed up. Like there's uh, there's a lot of stories out there that have come out that, you know, aren't really that that have been completely made up. You know, I, I don't talk much about the, the news right now with all the accusations against Donald Trump, for example. And one of the reasons is, is certain things might be true, but there's a track record of a lot of things not being true that are said about him. And so I'm just going to wait uh, because it does seem to, to come out and some things might be true. Some things may not be true and getting involved in it becomes, this is another thing that the media does all the time is that they, they put out, a theory about something and then spend 15 minutes talking about the theory as if it's true. 
They put out a hypothetical about what might be true about something political, and they spend 10 minutes talking about how it's actually like it's like it's actually true, and none of it's true. Uh, we got to be able to see past that. Uh, I'll try to get to a couple of calls here real quick. Uh, JC, you got disconnected before. Uh, about uh, 20 seconds, JC. Oh, yeah, good afternoon, Pat Scott. Um, I actually want to comment on the fact that you said that, um, that in our church we can't even rely on being objective when it comes to what we believe, when it comes to Scripture. We've been going through Acts at our church recently, and I think about the trial of Paul and the hearings he had before Felix and uh, the Pharisees trying to you know, pay off the Roman guards to say that the body of Christ was stolen. Not only that, but uh, you know, our dr- the recent drought around the world you know, shown all kinds of archaeological digs that have come up out of water that have been buried forever that are buried by anything around the Holy Land and uh, Iberian Peninsula, all, all you know, all over uh, all over mm-hmm. the Mediterranean that have verified a lot of things that, uh, you know, uh, Roman historians or, or scholars at the time, you know, would say, well, you know, these, these Christians, uh, these I'm almost, I'm almost out of time, uh, JC, but you, we have a lot of evidence that supports the scriptures. A lot of a lot oh, yes. of archaeological Sorry. evidence and things going on. A lot of misinformation, even historically, when it comes to the truth that we believe in the scriptures. Yeah, I gotta I gotta let you go here because we're running out of time. But uh, you know, on on that point. Uh, friends, and I won't get to the rest of your calls. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we only have a minute left, but I want to end on this point here is, you know, we have good reason to question our, our media, I believe. And, uh, but we also have to look at it and realize that maybe we're wrong, right? Maybe the media got, got it right on certain things. We, we, they're not always wrong. Uh, the other side isn't whatever the other side is for you, isn't always wrong, but sometimes there are, uh, there's evidence that develops over time. With our faith, you know, we need to have the same kind of approach where our source is the Word of God. We we have to take that by faith that it's the Word of God, okay, so there's a faith thing there. But if it if this is it, then it will interpret everything that we're looking at. And the falsehoods that are in the media or the misinformation or maybe just confusion, the errors that people make, all of that is the result of a sinful and fallen world. And our hope is not that the media gets it right or the next presidential candidate or whoever. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Can we leave it on that? Our hope is in Christ. He will come back one day, make everything right. Those who believe in him will have everlasting life. This is the message. This is what we are about. And I got to stop there because we're done. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.